Dr. Meek's office is on the other side of the hospital, and sometimes, if the weather is decent and the nurse escorting me is kind, we take the outside route to get there. I see him on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and it's a five-minute walk, so if I'm lucky, I get ten extra minutes of sunlight on top of the four hours we are permitted each week. By comparison, even murderers on death row get out more than that. I know this because James and I looked it up. I once complained to Meeks that my vitamin D level is probably dangerously low, and he replied that if I'm so concerned about my health, I shouldn't smoke so many cigarettes. I told him I smoke only because there is nothing else to do, which there isn't. He suggested I could be spending my time working on myself. I told him I refused to take advice from a man who wears jazz shoes and a fake orange tan. Ever since Meeks agreed to have me committed here for something I didn't do, something that never even happened, we haven't gotten along so well. The hospital grounds are lush and vast with grass the color of Ireland. The beauty is not for the patients, but for the visitors. To protect them from the bleak, stretched time despair behind the facade. It's like the white picket fence that masks the ugly truth of a suburban family. Or, in my case, the sprawling lawn, the sunlit mother, the large boat that doesn't actually sail. Those of us inside the hospital walls spend most of our time staring out of locked windows with steel mesh screens at all that beauty we cannot have. But today, on the way to Meek's office, the outside world feels different. Like something that belongs to me too. Not just a piece of sky I get to borrow for four hours a week from a nurse with keys. I have just turned 18 old enough to sign myself out of here, AMA, against medical advice. Yesterday, I turned in my 72-hour notice, which means I will be leaving this hellhole in two days. Two days. Hallelujah. Nurse Mary and I enter the waiting room with its beige and brown tones and the single uninspired painting on the wall of a small child with her back to the observer, playing in the sand. All of the decor is designed to soothe, or at least not provoke. It's just one of the many insidious ways they suck the spirit out of you in here. Make everything so bland and dull that your limbic system just shrivels up like a raisin and dies. Dr. Meeks cracks open the door to his office and sticks his big llama head out. Cassie, he says in the same morose way he always says it like he's about to show me a dead body. He has tight curly hair and milk-white teeth, and looks like a second-rate game show host on cable. He opens the door wide, and I walk past him to the couch, sit down, and wait for this to be over. One last session, and I'll never have to see him again. So, you're really going through with this, he says. For the past two and a half years, I have hardly looked at him, fearing that to allow even a moment of connection is to risk breaking, just like most of the other kids here. But today, 
I look directly into Dr. Meek's eyes, and when I do, my whole center of gravity shifts, moves lower, like a stake in the ground, making me sturdy and immovable. He has no power left. Try not to miss me too much. I still wish you'd reconsider, he says. I'm worried about you. But he doesn't look worried. He looks irritated that I have refused to accept his diagnosis, that I am sick and in need of the medicine he's been trying to shove down my throat for the last two and a half years. You haven't really addressed your problems here. What problems, I say. I've already explained to him that the biggest problem I have is people like him believing that I'm the problem. But he won't see the truth. None of them will. Adults always believe the parents over the kid. It's a fact of life. For instance, you still haven't talked to me about your nightmares. Just the mention of my nightmares makes something seize up inside of me. But there's no way in hell I'd ever talk to Meeks about them. Or about anything else for that matter. I pull a loose thread of fabric from my shirt and examine it with my fingers. All I have to do is sit here quietly and bide my time for one hour. And I'll never have to do this again. <laughs>